Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. just like the news introduction music. We like sitting our guests just in silence and we got a man here that knows all about that. A big thanks to our sponsors, Whippersnapper Whiskey, Margaret River Roasting Co., Blue Bet, Shelter and Leadable Cameras. We are here on Backchat and we are joined by the one and only Ryan Daniels. How are you, mate? Oh, stoked to be here. I can, Footy Rhino. It does feel weird sitting on this side for does me. It? Like I, I just, I was on the way here and I was like, I don't think I've, I wouldn't have been interviewed that many times. Maybe once or twice. Really, but not in this kind of environment. You so. would have wanted to come with a bit of a run sheet. You would yeah, have a little we'll bit of a prep. script over my shoulder. Yeah, when you're the interviewer, you yeah. kind of have some control to a degree. Yes, I got no control. So, well, yeah. get ready because you're under the, the hot lights <laughs> here, under the the microscope. Oh, we know you're a big Backchat fan, RD. I know. I do. You I listen often. Yep. Correct. So you'll know what the best and the first question we ask every guest, right? We know. You've done amazing things. You're a journalist, so we can't tell people what you've done on the sporting field, even though you may be about to tell us. But you've won awards. You're the, the you're the sport anchor for Channel Seven. You've covered the Olympics. You cover international cricket. You've covered grand finals. You've you've actually done it all when it comes to TV. <laughs> mm. But we're here to tell you we don't give a shit. <laughs> yep. Ryan Daniels. Yep. What's your greatest sporting achievement? Okay. I think it's full stop with this one. What's your greatest sporting achievement? Because people know you as a journalist. Yeah. Okay. What's I will your- actually one one that that are, that is on TV that's sort of journalistic that's oh. sport as well. One on one with Nick yeah. Nui. Can't me, use that. Do you want me to get into that now, or should we? <laughs> we're going to cover we're, that. We're going to cover that off. Good, because <laughs> I, I want to get it off my chest. Good, because <laughs> bad. There's another story to it's that. Cringe. Okay, good. All right, okay. going to cover that. Tell us about right, sporting so achievement. I, I, as a listener, I know that this is something that you do. Yes. So I'm aware that it was coming. I thought, shit, what can I do? I played basketball my whole life since I was ten. Right. Every uh, one, two, three games a week at some points. Love it. Had some good moments. Hit some game winners. Done some stuff. Won a couple of trophies. Great. Nothing elite, That's but okay. just you know, at a good amateur level. He's just like and putting then, that to start. He's, he's got yeah, something yeah, coming. Just, uh, yeah. Yeah. But I thought it. I thought, geez, the, actually, the best story I've got has a little bit of heartbreak and trauma attached to it too. Great. And I felt like this is a safe place. I've never I've never <laughs> actually told this. I wouldn't have even told my wife this story. <laughs> oh, we I, love a story that starts like that. The only people who know this story are the people directly involved. Great. Okay, so and and I feel like this shaped me in in so many ways. Holy right? shit. I am strapped <laughs> in. Here we go. Okay, so I'm going to take you back to year 4. Right now, Good. up until this point 
I had no real interest in sport in yeah. any significant way. I couldn't have drawn you a footy. Um, yeah, I'd barely run a race in my entire life other than the ones they make you run. But it got to year four and suddenly, you know, I was kind of half interested in running. I'd done a lot of cross country and I'd come like fifth and I thought, oh, this is pretty fun. Anyway, so the school carnival comes up, you know, the athletics carnival. And I'd made a new friend. His name was Sean Preston. Good bloke, Sean, if you're listening. Shout out, Sean. Sean, great fella. And he was the new kid, right? So I made friends with the new kid and he was so fast. Like I'm talking Petrocelli. Like this kid was a bullet. Every race this kid would win, no matter what. And he was only a little fella, so his legs were just like – Anyway, gets to the the very last race of the day. And I hadn't won anything. You know, I'd never won anything in my life. It's, (laughs) it's, It's the 800 metres. Well, Which to it, you know, what are you, nine years old in year four? 800 might yeah. as well be 8,000. Good like event. Good event. Good, yeah. We love obviously. 800. So, and I was pumped for this, right? But it, as I said, felt like a huge distance for a kid. At the starting blocks, I'm standing next to Sean. I was like, well, Sean's going to win. I know that. Maybe I can come second. Yes. So anyway, out the pack bursts out and I'm just trying to keep up as well as I can. And I will mention that the year fives are in the same race. So they put like – Right. Year fours and fives and then year sixes and sevens. But if you – Stiff if you're a year four. Well, no, but if you won as a year four, you still like won, time, right? Time and then thing, the year yeah, five right. had a winner. So, okay. yeah, they did it like that. But just some context. So the year fives are in it and the year fours are in it. So there's like must be 20, 30 boys in this race. And we're running and we get – like I'm doing pretty well. Like, But Sean's out. He's well out. Like he'd be 100 <laughs> metres in front. And of the year fives too. So he's that far in front. He's beating the kids the year above. Yes. And I've come around the, the last bend. So there's probably 100 and well, you would know 150 metres left yeah, in the last bend. Where it's make or break. In the Correct, right? And Lactic so acid. At, at this point, I'm, I'm second overall. So I'm also outrunning the year what? fives. This is a surprise to me because I'm, I've never won anything and I'm, I'm not, you know, at that point I never even tried to really win anything. Anyway, Sean starts lagging. Like so he's now about 50 metres in front of me on that last bend. With 150 to go. Yeah. And something's kicked in in my brain. Like this is obviously when some sort of hormones kicked in, and I've gone, <laughs> I want to win. So I've, I've the 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 nitric nitric oxide, yeah, nitric oxide. Is that what it is? Yeah, the nitric. Yeah, the nos, the nos has kicked in. I've hit the, I've hit the button, and I've just burned right. I've and I've flown past Sean. Now again, I don't know the rules of running because I've never done this before. Right, I've never run in a race like this before, so I don't know. Like, is there like some sort of you know rule that you're not allowed to run close to the person? There's no lanes because it's an 800 meters. But I've obviously I've come around pretty close to him, and I've I've won by 50 meters. Like I've it's the fastest anyone's ever run. Usain Bolt couldn't have caught me. Yes, I was. I mean, I've crossed Peter Bolt 800 meter runner. You would have beaten Peter. I would have had Bolt at the same age. I would have had him. Yep. I've crossed the line. I'm not really celebrating because I don't really, you know, I'm so young. I'm just happy to get there. I'm waiting for the little blue ribbon to come up. It's the last race of the day. And then there's all these officials. Sean still hasn't crossed the line. So I'm standing there waiting for my ribbon. There's all these officials sort of talking in the corner, right? Chaos. And they've come over to me. I can remember it like it was yesterday, even though it's 30 years ago. Blood, blood doping. I'm sensing blood doping. Yeah. What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the tests have cup. come back. Can you feed to this cup? <laughs> they've come over and they said, oh, um, we're actually going to give you second. And I said, oh, no. w- what happened? She's like, well, when you ran past the other little boy, you've you've shouldered him. And he went down for a second and then he's come up and finished second. So we're going to give him first and you second. What? So they haven't oh. disqualified you? you Correct. Just bo- you just they just someone. made this rule up. And I swear to this day, I did not show. It, 
Maybe there was some in- incidental contact. Really? But to this day, it haunts me. That Do you I think didn't... he took a dive? Possibly. Yeah. I've never spoken to Sean about oh, it. Do you know Sean still? Nah. We were mates for a few years after that. Really good mates. Played basketball for a long time together. But maybe I've got to call him and yeah. just say, mate, do you, did I did I hit you? Do you and have the did, ribbon or was it like a kind of a Norm Smith in a losing grand final? No, I don't have – no, I would have burnt it that night in some <laughs> sort of ceremony. But I reckon – I'm so competitive, right, with everything. Like Thursday night basketball, I want to win every possession. Yes. Like anything I've ever done, like now with journalism, I just want to win. Yes. And I honestly reckon that day, <laughs> having that first ribbon stripped off me, should have been my crowning moment. So I thought that's a perfect story to tell yeah, here. it's driven you. Because it should have been my greatest moment. I, I've got to tell you, Ryan, yeah. it has eerie similarities oh. to Mitch Marsh on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yes. I missed that one. No, we uh, haven't released it yet. Well, so oh. that just shows you couldn't have heard it and just Ooh. retelling it. I know you haven't heard it. Make sure you listen to it. Okay. I, I would not be surprised if these two went to the same school. Yeah. Like, seriously. Did is, you go to the same school as Mitch Marsh? Is he Sean Preston? <laughs> <laughs> Controversy around that Boom. school. I just Can I just quickly say about um, I swam in a 25-metre freestyle race in year eight or nine. Usually this is a 5 for 16 story, Dan. Yeah, five no, for 16. I've heard it. Yeah, we've heard oh, it I haven't heard this multiple one. times. Yeah. Um, and it was the year of the um, – uh, the Olympics when Ian Thorpe first, first brought out the full body suit. Oh, yeah, that's very controversial. Yeah. So yeah. whatever year that was. The Sydney Olympics. I, um, I thought, you know what, I'm going to be clever here and no, I'm going to wear the full body suit into a swimming race. So I put on my st- – I had a steamer at that point because I was bodyboarding and stuff. And so I had a steamer. But what I did was I put my um, school uniform over the top of the steamer so nobody knew. And then I went up to the starting, um, the starting blocks and – I still was wearing my tracksuit, my polo. And then cool. as, as I, I pulled it off and I'm wearing the steamer on the thing, <laughs> I blitzed the, the competition. It was probably like, you know, the third heat or whatever. Yeah, because they're buoyant. That's why they're banned now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Reason they're not I allowed. won and then I heard over the speaker, um, D Const has been disqualified from <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, what the heck? And the teacher, the sports teacher was like, mate, you can't wear a wetsuit in the swimming race. <laughs> so Do you I, think I you really, would, have, would you have won? Hell no. No. I was a horrible suit. So it was all the suit. Still am, probably. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you know. You I, know I the feel the pain, break. yeah. Yeah, that sticks with you, that stuff. Yeah. I'll I'm trying to think if I've ever been disqualified. The, the only time, I tell the story all the time that I was 80 minute state champion. Mm. Of course. I had never said that I drew that race. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> we, Whoa. We drew. So the 80, I say this every podcast 80 minute state champion. I know, I've heard. Nights, and Daniel Venables was, and he did it quicker in the same year, 10 years later. I drew. I drew with a kid from Doncaster. Don't know his name. They gave us both blue ribbons. Sean Preston. Yeah. <laughs> so they didn't make us. They didn't give it back. So wow. there we go. We've all got something off our chest today. Mm-hmm. Oh man, standing on that podium with that red ribbon was like torture. What yeah. was? Um, what are the officials doing too? Just disqualifying. You know. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Don't make me stand no leniency up there. in the in the rule. How many years ago is this? Fifty. It's not like thirty. You've, it's not like you've hold on. Hold on <laughs> this to this. Thirty like. years ago. I'm <laughs> I want Sean Preston, if you are listening, to write into the podcast. We need your version. We need Sean. Fa- I think we're Facebook friends. Okay, good. Okay. I'm going to contact Sean. I need his version. I reckon he's elbowed him in the kidney or something. Yeah. Absolutely. I want, him. Nah, nah, well, I might have blacked out. I mean, as I said, it was the first time the NOS had kicked in for me, so there's every <laughs> chance I did hit him. Okay, so Ryan Daniels, the wannabe 800 metre runner, who turned yeah. into a journalist. What's your first job? Uh, Maccas. I was 14, 14 and nine months to the day. Yes. Went into Canningvale Maccas. Out in uh, Perth's well, southeast, I guess yes. you'd call that. Um, worked there for – I was at Maccas for 10 years. 10 Loved years? It. Yeah. Went um, – Career McDonald's. That worker. is huge. Well, I, there was a point where did I thought I would service? be. Uh, yeah, I did. I got paid out long <laughs> service after I left. 
So I, I loved it too, like not just for the free food, but I, I ended up working at like five different, maybe six, seven different stores. Ended up being store Great. manager. One store manager of the year. Holy shit. Yeah. should have been good. off the top of the run <laughs> sheet. Yeah, store manager of the year. Well, it's the competitiveness, right? Everything I had to win, everything. So it's just, it all goes back to that race. I didn't actually know that, but I've got to ask, Philo Fishers, yes or no? No, 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 God, no. I never ate one. Worked there for 10 years with free food, never ate a single Philadelphia. How do you feel about that? You've missed out, mate. I would say. There's ten years of your life you could have been enjoying. Well, that. I'll give you some insight too, because from people who work there. Okay. Because no one orders them, right? No. no. Oh, you wouldn't unless you're a psychopath. And so, in the old days, you, you had the burger bin where you just like you'd make twenty Big Macs and you put them up there so you could do nothing for the next thirty minutes, right? <laughs> yeah, just to slide them but down, with, right? Yeah. There's the yeah. fillet of fish though. You'd put them up there and they'd sit there for three hours, and then someone would order one. And you'd be like, oh. <laughs> so you, as a fillet of fish eater, yeah, you must have got some shockers in your time because they and the fish patty would sit in the thing for. Nearly a day. Look, oh. it'd be crusty and cold. Oh. Like, it's amazing it, the, that you're alive. The thing that that, that, that takes so over disgusting. for it is the steamed bun. Like it's so moist, yeah, yeah. so it creates moisture in, in everything. Does. And That's there's like a pound of um of mayo true. in it too. Uh, so yeah. so you've been a, a Perth West Australian boy. You're, you're in. in yeah, yep. that's what that's what you've been. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In this in this state and, and and the media industry, let's talk a, bit, a little bit about the sports media industry. Yeah. How, what, what's the journey from <laughs> Macca's store owner, uh, store manager of the year? In, okay. Are you doing it at the same time? Yeah. So I got. I can remember the moment. So I was working at William Street McDonald's, right, which is a twenty four <laughs> hour McDonald's. <laughs> that's chaos. There's no door on this place, so it's twenty four hours. It's in the heart of the city. And there's no door. Like literally you can't shut the door. That To get your head around that, it is a mind – can I swear? Yeah. It's a mind fuck when you're there. When you're working there and it's 2 a.m. and you're like, if something goes wrong, I'm stuffed. I can't shut the door. I can't lock anyone out. Yes. So it's like it's all, all things are possible. Yes. I saw people get stabbed there, like on the floor right in front of me. We got robbed a bunch of times. It was, it was an experience, right, working yeah. there. It was chaos. Anyway, so it was at one of those points. Actually, I can remember it. I don't know if I can tell this story. Mm. You can. I'll tell uh, it. Okay. So Very I, big podcast here now, mate. I just will say the last person was on this podcast didn't want to say something that went wild. I'm going to end up on the front and the back page for this. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a morning. It was like 7 a.m. and I'd worked all night. So I'd done the all night. I was managing at the time. And it was, it was this hard slog working overnights because drunk people everywhere, you know, like this ferals everywhere. There's yes. a lot of homeless people in the city. They come in. They cause a lot of issues at the time. So anyway, like I'm just about to finish. It's maybe 15 minutes from the, the, the end of my shift and this um, lady comes up to me and um, I'm not sure she was like 100% there, you know yep. what I mean? Like she yep. had some issues going on. And we were cleaning the, we'd clean the toilets and we'd locked them. So you had to ask to go in the toilets because obviously a lot of dodgy stuff was happening in there at the time. Yeah. Anyway, so she's come up and she's asked me if she'd go to the bathroom. I was like, yeah, no worries. In you go. So she's gone in and, you know, 20 minutes goes past and then someone else asks us, asks us to use the bathroom. So I've let them in and they've come back and this lady goes, oh, you you might want to go and check the oh, women's boy. bathroom. I was like, oh. Okay. Is that a store manager duty or yeah, you well, to do that? Or? Yeah, in this scenario, okay. I, I sent a crew person to say, oh, can you just go maybe just give the toilets a clean? And they've come back and they've gone, nah, this one's for you, right? Oh <laughs> so I've gone and I've opened the door and I'm not lying. The, from the floor to the roof, there was shit. <laughs> like <laughs> action, just like sprayed across three different <laughs> walls everywhere. She's had a she's had a bad feeling. Yeah, fish. and it was correct. And it was this lady, and she's still in there, and she's sitting on the floor, and she was naked, 
and covered in shit. Boy. And I had to help her out, call the ambulance, like call. So this is the moment you moved into sports. Correct. So literally that day I've driven home and I've gone, this is not for me long term. Wow. So I started making plans to get out then and there. Wow. And I'd always loved riding. I'd always loved sports. And now I had an incentive to get out of Maccas. Um, so I studied at uni for like five, took me five years to do it because I was a terrible student. I just used to cut class all the time and half turn up. And, um, and at the time, so – I got transferred to a, a different McDonald's carousel food court and I'd been working with this. I love how this journey is interlaced all, with which McDonald's you're all, at It all does because it's, yeah. <laughs> so I was working with this girl, Mel um, Wardrop, who I'd been at a couple other stores and because you, when you're store manager and you start a new store, they're like, what do you need to make it work? Kind of like a, a coach and you, you want your own assistant coaches yeah. and stuff, you bring yep. them with you. So, you know, I'm comparing myself to a coach here. Yeah, I so I get to – and they're like, what are you going to do to make this work? I was like, well, can I have Mel? Because I worked with her before. She's really good, great manager, great um, operator. I was like, if I can get her, I can trust her, let's let's do that. So we bring Mel over. Mel's the quietest person in the world, right? Lovely girl. You wouldn't hear Bill out of her. She's a great, great operator, works her ass off, but never, never a, a word. You don't even know anything about her private life. She doesn't know anything about mine. We're just working. Anyway, <laughs> I'm three years into uni, studying media, trying to get a leg up somewhere. And then she goes, oh, where are you going? I was like, oh, I'm going to uni. She goes, oh, what do you study? I was like, oh, I study media. She goes, oh, my dad runs Channel 7. I was like, oh. <laughs> right now I'd looked after Mel for like five years. I'd like given her – I promoted her to manager. I took her with me to this other store, promoted her to second in charge. Like I'd been good to her like because she was a great employee. And now – it pays off, right? So she's like, I'll call my dad. He'll get you some work experience. So she does. Next thing you know, I'm there on the next weekend working with Barra. G-Man's, this is 2005 probably. G-Man's up and about. That's what we call Adrian Barrich. Calls himself that. And he just, after the weekend, he goes, mate, just come back next weekend. I was like, okay. So for the next two years, I go in every single weekend to Channel 7, work with Barra and Nerily Meadows, or I heard you on the podcast, yep. and just come in, work for free, do whatever I can, help out wherever I could, end up landing a job in uh, what we call the library, which is like your archive, old vision and stuff. Worked in there every Saturday for two, three years. Um, then about sort of 06, 07 range, I started doing some stories on air. I think I got my first story on air maybe 08. It was when Paul Meadows kicked five in the Anzac Day game. I remember it like it was yesterday. For Collingwood. Or for Collingwood. Yeah. For Collingwood. Uh, and then Obviously. it kind of just rolled on from there, but it wasn't like a – a traditional path. I don't think there is a traditional path in, um, but that only really came about because of McDonald's. So wow. I, I'm very grateful for Mel and her dad, Ray, who um, ended up giving me a job as a publicist and then as a sports journalist. Huge. Um, yeah. It's funny how the world works. Well, I think it's a funny industry, not, not having been in the industry my entire career, but I feel like well, I am now and I do look at it, especially in West Australia. It's a, it's a closed circuit, right? It's not this big American um, state where there's a thousand, you know, no. there's a hundred different TV channels and there's all these different newspapers. There's Channel 7. Yep. Um, there's Channel 9. There's no more Channel 10. There's the West. There's, you know, some smaller operators. But there's a lot of kids and a lot of people aspiring to get into the industry. There's mm. just not a lot of positions. like, And, and the positions that there are, you know, they're, they're, sometimes people are in them for 20, 30, 40 years. 100%. Mm. And that was like, so when I came in, that was, I got my first full-time sports gig in 2010 after about five years of toiling. And you'd been like doing free work. Essentially, yeah. yeah. A couple of paid shifts here or there, but mostly for free, working in publicity, working in library, doing all this other 
stuff, just trying to get stay in the building. Hmm. Um, when I got in 2010, it wasn't till last year, so it had been 12 years between hires for us in the sports department when we put Anna Hay full-time into sport. That's how rare it is. Yeah. Like it's so rare to get a full-time sports gig, particularly at TV stations, but really anywhere in, in sports in WA. It sucks. Like it would be good to have more people yeah. coming through. Well, I think we asked the same question narrowly. Maybe it's a bit deeper. It's, it's good. Like what, what do you – what do you look at for young people coming through then? Yeah. Is the advice yeah. take what you can get? Like you know, go and work in the arc uh, or is it like – Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I find it difficult having not been in Israel. I look at young people coming through. I'm like I don't know how – if you want to be a news reader, if you want to be a sports news reader, there's two jobs in the town. Yeah. So yeah. it's not a very – Or three. Lockie does it as well. So correct. there's three jobs. Yeah. It's re- you can't – so the way I've always approached it is – um, you want to do everything, right? You want to read the news and you want to break stories and you want to call footy and you want to go to the Olympic. You want to do all those things, but there's no there's no like, okay, well, if you do these five things, you'll get there. Mm. Because even if you do all those five things and you do them really well, there's no guarantees. I wouldn't be reading the news if Baz didn't become the mayor. Like he'd still be reading the news. Yes. So you need like a bunch of stuff to happen to just open up in your space. I wouldn't have got the sports job if Nerily hadn't moved to Sydney. Like yes. she'd still be doing it. Well, maybe not now, but you know. I might have missed my window. So you can't, yes, you need to take every opportunity that you can get. But the biggest thing for me is writing. And I heard narrowly she talked about it too. But it's that is the main thing you need to know how to do. Because unless you played footy, right, it's like you can come out of footy and you can get a couple of doors opened. Yeah. You still have to do the work. Correct. And I, and I hate the perception that every former footballer can just do media. Yeah. That's not true. You need to actually do the work. Good good, good luck to you. Yeah, That's correct. why you don't say every former footballer. Well, there's a million former footballers yeah. and there's only, again, there's probably 50 yeah. jobs that are going nationwide. Yeah. Mm. So you, you have to be able to write is the main thing. Like practice every – when I wasn't working, before I got the job, I wrote a book, which still will never be published, but it was like 600 pages long. Title. Uh, it didn't it have a title. Don't lie. But it was very – I don't know to give it away because I might actually write it. I'm going to okay. actually revisit it at some point. Is okay. it like a, is it a fiction or is nah, it – No, it's about it's, footy. It's, it's about it, – it, I was obsessed with Bill Simmons at the time. So the great Bill Simmons. I still love him. He's still my favourite writer. We're obsessed with him. Yeah. And so I, he, he wrote a book, The Book of Basketball. Yeah. And I was obsessed with this book. I read it 50 times. I love basketball. And I thought, geez, there's nothing really like that for footy. Hmm. So I started writing like almost a football version of it. Um, in my own style. And um, so it's sitting there somewhere and I'm going to revisit it someday. You've just triggered a memory of mine that I've not got in my notes and mm. I think it's very relevant. You potentially think you were running podcasts before podcasts were a thing, correct? Yes. Is that right? Yeah. What were you, do- what were you doing? What, what- you told me this at the Western. Footy Rhino podcast. I had – I couldn't even tell you the year. It was early days though, right? I reckon it would have had to be like 2011. Yes. Maybe 2012. So I had a blog, a footy rhino blog, which used to write a lot about fantasy, which um, some people might have read it. Like it was just a lot of lighthearted stuff about fantasy, tried to put a bit of humour in there. And then we started a podcast. I, I reckon it was the first one in Perth for sure. Like, <laughs> and I had Dennis was my first guest, Dennis Kameni. really? Baz hooked that up for me at the time. He's like, oh, yeah, he'll do it for sure. And then so I interviewed Dennis over the phone, terrible audio, he couldn't hear a word of it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> With the speakerphone on the table. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that, it sort of went from there. We did like 100 episodes and we had a lot of fun doing it. But at the time you didn't make money out of podcasts. No. And, I, and it started to get to the point where I was doing so much at seven that I didn't really have the time yeah. and it was getting a bit risky too. <laughs> Some of the content in Footy Rhino was a little bit risky so I couldn't really <laughs> continue that. The readers will know. But yeah. That's, but, that's no, good. the advice to the kids is just work on your writing, 
stick with it because the people who don't get jobs are the people who give up. And I see it all the time. There's people who just – they try for two years and they give up. Yeah. And then there's others who just stick with it, stick with it, and they eventually will find something. If you're good enough and you're at it long enough, you'll get there. Um, and just try to make as many contacts as you can. I don't mean breaking news contacts. I mean, you know, ring you guys. Hey, can I come and sit and watch you do a podcast for a couple of days? We'll have you. Correct, we'll have you will. And then you learn a bit and then you find a way to contact me or Lockie or, you know, someone else and, and go through that path and just meet people – and be dedicated when you're there. I had a guy, we did a story last year. I won't say his name. I can't remember his name. But we were doing this interview and it was a big interview, right? Uh, Dan Venables. And we were sitting in this room and, um, you know, it's really in-depth stuff, right? And my camo at the time, Paul Harwood, great camo, he'd set up the studio, two camera shoot, plus the camera in his hand. He's lit it up. And this kid wanted to be a camo, right? And so he's working with Paul, one of the best camos in Perth, been all around the world. And this shoot is a big shoot and there's really in-depth stuff going on in the conversation. And the kid, you know, he's – Paul said to him, mate, you can you can run this other camera, which he didn't have to do much, right? Just stand there and make sure it didn't yes. move. Yes. But he gave him this bit of responsibility. Anyway, like Paul's <laughs> straight after the shoot, this kid's gone missing. And Paul's like, I don't know where I've, I've lost this kid. And he rings him and he goes, oh, mate, what? Um, where are you? And he goes, oh, I left. It's not for me. I'm just not interested. No. <laughs> he just, oh, my. He just bailed like – and no other kid gets this chance. And I was like, dude, you are not going to – Yeah, that's it. it. Like you're out. Like yes. you've got no hope. So just be there, be present, you know, be into it. Don't walk off the job. Don't walk through. off the job. I mean that interview specifically. Yeah. Are you, you've got – that 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 has, and I know you personally. I don't think you're in the the industry to to win awards, but you've won some awards on the back of that. So it Couple, was a yeah, it was a it was a big story. It's a big story, yeah. And like those are the stories where you do a lot of stories. Like you've, I reckon I've done thousands over the years, mm. but there's some that you you won't forget, and it's the ones that actually have meaning to them and could not not that that story is going to change the way football looks at concussion. But it's all one little piece of the puzzle. Mm. And I think with in Dan Venable's case, it's so heartbreaking because of his age and because of the incident itself and then where he's at now and it's like where's the help and we're still not sure if he got the help right. So doing stuff like that, you don't forget that stuff. And, and it actually the awards are nice mm. but really the awards sort of come because, you know, you got the story in the first place, you were trusted by the person to talk to them and they felt comfortable with you. Yes. So it's not – you know, while the story is important, it's about how you got there in the first place. I well, think. I would say that's why what the start of this podcast is relevant. I think people would look, look at you and see you on the news, nice suit, uh, hair looking pretty, that's <laughs> prettier than Scully and Dan's, <laughs> and they would just say, well, he's just gone to uni and he's yeah. rolled into Channel 7. Yeah. And now he's, you know, worked his way up, of course. Yeah. And now it's a job. Yeah. But you, you were managing Maccas for managing Maccas. 10 years. Yeah, I finished up there in 08, I think. Yeah, worked at a Swan Brewery for about six months. It's not as not as good as you've, it sounds. You've done the walk off like the kid on the cameras, and yeah. yeah, I don't want to work at Swan yeah, Brewery anymore. Nah, it was terrible. Uh, um, uh, how do you? Oh, so how I do you was going to say I yeah. did see Rhino at um, the WM Media Awards last year. Right. Um, while you oh, were yeah. nominated um, for something, I was like, you know, how are you feeling? And you, you pretty cool, calm, collected. Didn't win that award. Didn't win that one. Um, he threw his hat on the floor, stormed <laughs> out. <laughs> I did leave Flipped straight after. You did. I did leave straight after, but I, I, I don't think I was well. I'll make up an excuse. Had <laughs> a prior no, engagement. Nah, I'd, look, no, I, if not- I'd won, I probably would have stayed for two more beers, I reckon. <laughs> um, how do you go from from um, cutting up clips in the archive room yeah. to news breaking? I feel like news breaking, oh. if you talk about the industry, yeah. that is a specific category. 
Not not everyone is no. a newsbreaker. Some people write profiles. Some, you know, I would say I'm not a newsbreaker, but yeah. I, I like writing. I like speaking to people in depth like this. I like doing the longer form stuff. I yeah. like. Whereas you, for a long time, have been a newsbreaker. Yeah. Well, I think newsbreaking to me was always the not the final piece of the puzzle, but as a reporter, it's the hardest thing to do because when you start out. You don't know what you're doing. Like, you, you know, just happy to be there. You know, you're going to presses, you're taking what the clubs feed you, you're going to training, you get that 20 minutes and you try to figure out what's going on. Um, you know, you get back and you're trying to write your story and you're not quite sure how to write it. And you've got, you don't, you don't really have time to even think about news breaking, which is why you just don't see it that often. And then also there's an ecosystem where the clubs like to keep the information to themselves for obvious reasons. The AFL does the same. Um, you know, player managers uh, often, you know, they can be great sources of information, but they often have ulterior motives as well at the same time. Yeah. So you've got all of these elements working and really you're just trying to get by like in those first few years. And like I don't reckon I broke a story for like six or seven years. Like there was probably little bits and pieces where I might have had a small detail or two, but in terms of actually like having people sit up and go, oh, well, that's brand new information and that's a breaking news story, I don't reckon I did it for a long time. Is there a first? Can you remember it? Um, oh, I remember my first game. Do you remember your first broken first story? Break? Nah. Really? Nah, I couldn't tell you. I remember the first. Like, did you tweet it? Was it, a, um, was it in those areas? Maybe, yeah. I, look, I think for me, my career's in media splits into two and it's everything up till 2020 and then everything after that. Because the last few years has been, it's kind of accelerated a bit. Mm. Um, and I don't, I don't really know why that's happened, but I have a theory and I think it's just it's the 10,000 hours thing, right? Like, so you do something for long enough um, and then you start doing it on autopilot and it's it's not, you know, you just got it covered in some way. So, so I didn't have to worry about my writing anymore. I knew how to write a TV story and you had to write a column. Um, you know, I'd, making contacts isn't an easy thing to do, but at that point you've been around 10, 11 years, you should have at least made a couple of trustworthy contacts. Mm. One builds on top of the other. Um, but when the hub happened in 2020, so um, I was starting to like, you know, try to break some stories, sort of 18, 19, around that mark. I was at the grand final when you guys won it. I was in the rooms. That was a big moment, a lot happening there. Um, and then so 2020, the hub happens and I go. Like, so I was one of the only journos over there. There was only a couple yeah, of Yeah, I remember talking to you over there. I yeah. just, I just remember, I bought, you weren't staying at our hotel though. No, we weren't allowed to stay at your hotel. I remember speaking to you like in the bushes at the bottom yeah. of the driveway. Not that you are yeah. hiding in there, but like you are walking past. <laughs> you guys like, would have walked by with your Coles bags because you're only allowed to go to Coles, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like, not, yeah. yeah, if that. It was so random. Like, Why Coles? Or is it just oh, because no, like it's the closest little shop? Right, right. Okay. So they had to be able to get essentials. Yeah. But because it was the only place they could go, I reckon you guys went like five times hanging a day. Hanging at aisle five at Coles, <laughs> hanging out in the deodorant section. Oh, oh let's try this. Anyway. And it was so dramatic at the time because the whole world had shut down. Yeah. And so I was over there and I was like right in the thick of it. And I think in some ways, like, I don't know, I don't know, you might be able to tell me, but like the players, some of the officials, I think because you're over there with them and you're kind of away from your family and you're kind of isolated like them. I don't know, maybe it built a layer of trust or something. Maybe they were like, oh, you're in this too. Um, and then there was a bunch of stories that sort of flowed on from there. The big one from that one was the hub, like that there was going to be a hub in WA. And at that point, there was all these stories saying there's no footy in WA for the whole year. Mm. And I got a tip that, no, there was we're actually going to fly a bunch of teams to Perth. There was going to be this two-month hub. And you got to remember, people were starving for footy in WA at this point. Like it was like we really thought there was none yeah. at all. It was all going to be in Queensland. Anyway, I broke that one, nervously broke that one, um, and it went massive. It went national. 
Um, I was doing crosses for every single part of the network. I must have done 20 radio interviews that day. <laughs> and that's sort of the, that's the one where I was like, whoa, this is like a big deal. So that might be the first really big one, I think. Right. Um, and then at, from there, it was amazing to me how much information started coming to me without even really having to chase that much of it. That's interesting. It was mm. bizarre. It was almost like people were like, okay, well, this is a, oh, gets a vessel or like a, a way to get the information out. I'm not saying people were like f- giving me stories every day, but if I called somebody, they answered this time. Like, Or if I texted somebody, they might answer. Or they, if I knew something, they might confirm it. Something changed in that hub. I don't know what it is. But hmm. from there, it's sort of trickled on a little bit. Um, and I try to be really careful with any breaking stories I get in that I report them with respect. I don't put too much opinion into it, which I think is a big thing. Um, and I think the footy world, the players, the managers, the coaches, the officials, they watch the way it's reported. And if you're doing it right, they'll continue to give you what you need. And as I, I, I can – I can't say this enough. No one is ringing you and saying, got a scoop for you. Yes. Like that, that's not how it works. But you might get a tip off on something and then you might be able to check it with so, somebody. So is that I have in my, my notes, what does making calls actually mean? So I hear journalists say, I hear numerous people say, does it, does it literally mean, okay, you get a tip and that might be whatever it is. Yeah. Are you then going, okay, who would actually know about that? And you call yeah. them? Are you calling them? Like, yeah. Hey, mate, just heard this. Yep. Wondering if that's so, true. So nowadays with social media, right, it, there's hundreds of people who will contact you. And yes. some are really trustworthy. Some are just random dudes. Like they'll be like, hey, saw Luke Shuey limping at the bottle. Maybe it's a hammy, <laughs> right? So then you go, all right, well, who's going to know the answer to this, right? And you've got options. Yes. You, you could just go straight to Luke Shuey, but sometimes that's, that's a little bit, you know, there's a private – Yes. sort of space there. Um, you could go to someone who knows him. You could go to the club. You could go to, you know, there's multiple places you can go to confirm these things. But once you have the information, you're halfway there and typically you'll either get a no, that's inaccurate, or yes, and then you might have a follow-up and then you might say, okay, well, okay, how bad is it? Two to four weeks? No, not that bad. Or yes, that bad or maybe worse. And so you could just piece it together. It's like a little puzzle really. That's how I operate. So making calls – if you got a day where you got no stories, I don't try to force it. Like I'm not like, oh, I need a story today. Like just yes. deal with what you've got in front of you. Maybe it's just training and a presser that day. Yes, yes. Um, but other days you do have to make calls and it's literally making calls. And you'd be surprised how many journos are too scared to make calls. Right. Just actually ring someone. To actually pick up a phone and call somebody because they're terrified that they won't get the response they want, they won't get an answer at all. They don't know how to ask the question the right way. That's a thing that when I'm talking about that 10,000 hours, I reckon that's something that clicks in maybe some earlier. Some really confident people might go straight into doing that. But I reckon it takes years to be able to pick that up and actually have a level-headed conversation and and try to get some information out. And then you've got to filter what you can actually run. Mm. Mm. Have you had um, times when you have been hit up by random people, say, look, sure, you limped in a bottle of, yeah. and you're just like, oh, that's bull. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, you've been like, damn it, I missed that. That oh, was legit. 100%. 100%. <laughs> like the amount of stories that you get a tip off to and you don't do, but there's like sometimes it's because you just don't believe it. Mm. And other times it's because the sensitivity is involved. Like I've had, I would have had countless stories where if you do the story, someone's going to get hurt and you got to, you got to weigh up whether it's worth doing that or not. And I like I'm a big believer with footy. It's like if it can if you can stick to footy, perfect, right? If it can be about injuries or it can be about um, whatever, like selection, where the game's going to be played, all that sort of stuff. Like that's ideal. I don't like it when it gets murky. 
And I think there's got to be a, a level of respect in that space. I can't really go into the details of any specific stories, but yeah, there's been plenty correct. where someone would have a real serious mental health issue and because of that they've done some stuff which maybe it could even be criminal. Like, And if that came out, who knows what they would do. Like, mm. So you you have to have that filter. Um, doesn't mean you don't find out. Because you you know like you still need to have those conversations with people and you might be like, it's also a way of showing trust too, right? Mm. So if I ring somebody who if I get a story like that and I ring someone who will know, I say, look, just so you know, this has come across my desk. I'm aware of this. I'm not going to do anything with it. But if I know, there's a good chance that somebody else is going to know. And often people they they respect that as well, and that builds trust too. Yeah. If you just get stuff and go with it every time, no one's ever going to pick up the phone. Mm, sort of like um. Nick Natanui carrying a box out the out the back of um, Lathlane. <laughs> What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> uh, sources are an interesting thing. So, yeah. you know, team pre- premiership team out of mine um, is late dad Tony um, Tony Brass, yep. journalist. Yep, very um, good journalist. Yep, and One he went, he went to jail protecting a source. Yep, um, spoken to people on this podcast about sources. Yep. Um, and we're talking not tomato and barbecue either, no. like the lads over at uh, Fantasy love to talk about. But Squirt. yeah, correct. Sources, like, do you have to go, you know, how, how protective are you? I guess Very. I know the answer, but like, yeah. Very. You have to be. Yeah. Because those people trust you. And look, football's not life and death most of the time. Like, if it was, you know, in, in Tony Barras's case, like, he was literally dealing with life and death half the time, bikies yeah. and real tough He's stuff. A crime writer, yeah. Yeah, so for me it's not – typically most of the stuff isn't that sensitive, but also a lot of the people who will answer your questions or they don't want it – if I – let's say I texted you and mm. I said, Scully, I heard you got a hamstring injury or something when you were playing. Or, no, I hear your teammate Gov's got a hamstring injury. You said, yeah, yeah actually he's looking pretty sore. Imagine if I go and tweet – I, Will Schofield says his teammate's got a sore head. <laughs> then Gov's going to look at you and go, mate, what are you doing? You know, so yeah, that's a small case, but yeah. you, you do have to protect them. So um, the only person that sometimes will ask the question, like if it's a really big story, like the Hub one, for instance, or Venables, I mean, that was straight from the horse's mouth, so you can't deny that one. Mm. But there's been other stuff where like your news director might look you in the eye and go, you're going to have to tell me where you got this. And I like he doesn't expect a name. But you could say, you know, it's in this area, sort of thing, mm. and that's that's like almost the same level as patient doctor confidentiality. Yeah, and I could go to court tomorrow, and I wouldn't have to give up a source. I might have to go to jail, like Tony. But yeah, and you would do that because otherwise, what are you doing? You're going to be useless after that anyway if you give up a source. And as I said, it's not life and death. So correct. Yeah. Um. So I mean, given the timeline, I don't think when you started, social media would have been such a big thing. Not really. But it's yeah. certainly a no. big thing now. Yeah. Um. Let's talk a bit of. Social media, um, uh, Footy Rhino's got a good big following over at Twitter. <laughs> uh, Dan's got here. Do you have a heap of pre-written tweets in your drafts mm. ready to hit, hit go on? Do you? Do you I have, do, do actually you? have a couple. Yeah, do you? Because like, if I know something's coming, right? Like, I might have a story for a day or even an hour or two days. Um, I'll write it sometimes, and then if I have time, like, I'll change it slightly before I tweet it out. But, yeah, there's a few. It might stop the spelling mistakes you see from some others just well, like absolutely trying to, you know. That's part of like it. Like Shannon Horn yeah. is out he's changing captains. Yeah. <laughs> I, like So there's a couple. There's not a lot. But, like, if I, as I say, if I know something's coming, I will write it and then I'll, like, so I'm a big believer of you've got to get two yeses on a story. Yep. 
unless it comes from the horse's mouth, right? Like unless, like for instance, if you did have a hammy and I yeah. said, do you have a hammy? And you said, yes, I don't need someone else to confirm that. Yes. But in most cases, it's like get the info, confirm it, try to confirm it again if you can, um, depending on how your first source goes, then tweet, like then go. My um, my impressions, um, having been a player with social media and now – I'm full by media now. I don't think we need to dance around that. No. Do a podcast, radio, TV, like right, yeah. right. So I, I feel like I'm not a journalist, but I am in media. Well, I'm not a journalist. Call yourself what you want. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's been interesting observing the interactions that you have on social media as a player versus as a media type. Yep. Um, as a media type, I think it's more brutal. My, my overall impressions have been – my interactions as someone who can say what they want and I don't have to answer to the team. Yep. You know, what I say is my opinion or a story or whatever it is. The interactions I have with people, it's it's more difficult as a media person than as a player. I think people have got more respect for players or um, I don't know what it is, but I, I rarely would get – you know, too offended by much on social media as a player. Yeah. And even if I did, I'd just be like, you know, fuck off. I just <laughs> hit, him, hit him between the eyes. And I've, I've had the same approach as a media person, but it, it for some reason feels like deeper. Yeah. I don't, how do you how do you go with interactions across social media with the stuff you're putting um, out there? Most most of my feedback is pretty good. But oh, perfect. Yeah, so I'm just no. putting out absolute junk. Like, <laughs> but you do get like a couple of dickheads here or there. And you just will. Like that's just how it is. I try to just – if I reply to them, I use the mute button a lot. Dude. So I don't block anyone, right, because I don't want to give anyone the satisfaction. Mm. So people can go at me as much as I they like. I love the mute button. I'm never going to block. I but I, the mute button. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. It's a way of blocking someone without them actually – because you just can't hear them. It's like they're yelling into an empty room. Okay. Yep. So I'm like, fine, if you want to yell, have your conversation over there. But, like, if you're going to get vindictive, like, yes. there's absolutely no need to hear from you. Yes. So I just leave them yelling into the empty room. But negative um, feedback's all right too. It's I fine. Think, yeah. yeah, it's fine. Like – and – it depends what you're tweeting because if it's news, like some people might be like, oh, where did you hear that from? You're like, whatever, you can just wait till it actually then it will come out tomorrow. Yes. Um, it's when it's opinion I think they sometimes get a little bit mm. arky. But I don't find it too bad. What about um, breaking story? So one that springs to mind um, yep. is uh, Lockie Neal to Fremantle, oh, back to Fremantle. Cop some heat on that one. <laughs> yeah, you did. And this is one that you've got wrong, sort of. Sort of. Can you explain? Okay. <laughs> So I'll give you some background on that. You're like, I didn't get it wrong, mate. I must have told this story a few times, but probably not on in this sort of Realm. environment. So um, and some context to this, I'd known Lockie. Not, I wouldn't say I knew him well, but when he was in Perth playing for Fremantle, I, he was at seven. So he was like, we have contributors, like two or three players at the moment. It's yep. five here, Nick Nat. Mm. Uh, at the time we had Lockie in here as well. So I'd, I'd done a few stories with Lockie, really nice fella. Um, you know, we didn't have a – I wouldn't say we are friends. Like I wouldn't text him, you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, but just some context. So I did I did have a sort of relationship. It wasn't just a player that played nah. for time. You knew him. Yeah, a little bit. And then knew bit. you. Yeah, a little bit. Again, a little bit. Um, anyway, so <laughs> a random, right? I get a text from a random maybe, I don't know, two weeks before the end of – or just before the finals had started that year. I think it was 2021 maybe. Yeah. Sounds right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, looking to – Lockie Neal, he wants to come home to Fremantle. When, sorry, um, when you say random, is it just like a number you don't have saved in your phone? No, nah, like a DM. Oh, right. Someone slid in. Yeah, sure. Okay. And um, they said, look into Lockie Neal and you might want to check that one out. Um, I shouldn't say random because this person has had some pretty good info in the past. Okay. And I don't know him 
personally, but we've had some chats. Okay. And his, his info is worth checking, put it that way. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, just give you some more context. Mm, anyway, so I, I kind of laughed. I was like, that's not, that's not going to happen. He's got a long contract. You know, and it, you know, it, people talk. There's always rumours around that sort of stuff. So I just kind of left it. Um, and then it, it wasn't until like two weeks later, I was having a conversation with somebody – well, there's, the parties involved the Lockie Neal, the Brisbane Lions, the Fremantle Dockers, um, Lockie's management, any of his teammates. There's lots of parties involved, right? So I was talking to one of these parties about something else completely different. And then at the end, I was like, oh, I heard this stupid one about Lockie that he wants to come back to Frio. And the person was like, ah, nah, 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 nah. I think there's just some wires crossed there, you know, like, you know, he's coming back for a holiday or something like that. And I was like, yep. Yeah, no worries. Didn't think anything of it. Yes. Two days later, I get a phone call from this person again. They said, oh, I feel really bad. I've lied to you. It, it's true. And I was like, fuck off. <laughs> I was like, what? But the big thing was you can't you can't do anything with the story because, you know, it's not public yet. He's still playing. Um, you know, the finals was on. Brisbane were in the finals. And it wasn't like the deal was done. You know, it was just like a, there was an interest there. Some conversation. Which Lockie has come out yeah. and confirmed. Like, yeah, there was interest there. I, w- I was in those sort of conversations. Right. The conversations had been had. It's just, you know, till the season's done, you can't do a trade, yes. obviously. Um, anyway, so I had to wait until Brisbane were out. Yeah. And, you know, they lost by a point, I think, in the final that That's year. That's right, to the Bulldogs. No. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been sitting on this story for two weeks i definitely written it in the in the tweets. Put it that way. <laughs> in the draft, the draft while I was ready to go. <laughs> anyway, gets to the day after and, and I'd kind of gotten wind that uh, there was a couple of journos over East who might have been sniffing around. I was like, because these things don't sit forever. Yes. Anyway, so I rung the person back and I just said, look, this isn't going to last another day. Like I've got to do this today, but I'll work with you. Like we'll talk about it. Like we'll work through the story. We'll try to do it as, you know, Fairly as possible, you know. I'm not going to. I don't want to sink Lockie. I like Lockie. Blah 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 blah. Um, anyway, worked through it throughout the day. Made sure all the parties involved knew. The only party that I didn't contact was Brisbane for obvious reasons. Yes. Um, and I don't really have a relationship with them. In hindsight, yes. I probably could have, but I think they would have been blindsided a little bit. Right. Anyway, so the story goes on the Sunday night. Um, I was carefully careful how I worded it. You know, he's interested in coming home. Wants to play for Fremantle again. Um, under contract, all that sort of stuff. Anyway, story goes bananas, like absolutely <laughs> bananas. And then uh, straight after, you're always waiting for someone to deny it, right? You're waiting for Lockie or Fremantle or Brisbane or um, his management, someone to come out and say, that's bullshit. Yeah, or to contact you. Yeah. 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 Privately. And yeah. none of that happened, right? None of that happened. Um, and I will also say that I, I made sure that Lockie knew the story was coming out before it came out. I didn't tell him. I didn't text him. I made sure I kept a clear distance from him on it. But he knew. So okay. it wasn't going to blindside him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the next day came. Brisbane have these sort of panic talks. They bring Lockie in for a conversation. They put out a release saying, yep, yeah. the, this is happening, but we're working through it with him and we want him to stay. And then Brisbane kind of got a bit feisty about it. We're like, you're staying, and then it kind of spun everything around. He ended up ends up staying at Brisbane, but I'm I will never ever back down on the fact that that story was happening. And in hindsight, I actually feel like I may have impacted the outcome. Really, by doing the story that day, positively I, or negatively? Well, I reckon there's a chance he gets to Freo if I don't do the story that day. But in saying that, I got messages from I don't know if I could say the names, but 
six journos from the East Coast, good ones, who who knew of it and were just they were sitting on it and they were going to go the next day. Right. They were like, we had most of it, but we couldn't get it across the line. Well done, like that sort of thing. It's rare to you get that from other journos, particularly over East, but it yeah. was it was a loud chorus of people. They were onto it. Put it that way. I wonder if I would like to speak. To, I wonder if Lockie. I haven't, yeah. Yeah, has he contacted you post that? I texted him like a couple of days later and I just said, look, mate, apologise if this has caused a shitstorm for you. Um, you know, no hard feelings, blah, blah, blah. Didn't hear back from him. Yeah, you did I you. did see him, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I didn't expect a reply. And then grand final week just gone, I did see him in Melbourne because I was hosting an event and he was on the panel. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I saw him, but he was fine. No Better mention went of shit house, Lockie wouldn't answer any of my questions. Yeah, correct. <laughs> I think he might have been a bit dusty to be oh, fair. Because I reckon, I reckon. Maybe he gets a better deal at Brisbane. You yeah. haven't said this, hey, but that's, that's true. I mean, he got a contract extension, right? Yeah, who knows the, how many more zeros were on there? Correct. It, you know, I, look, at the end of the day, um, the one negative part of it was that the story became about his wife and her wanting to come home. Yes. And right. I think that there's two things I regret, and that's probably the biggest thing, like even mentioning her in the story because I did make that part of it. Like, he, you know, he's got a young family and they want to come home, and I think they copped some grief online about that. And I, I, I wish that part hadn't happened. And, I, yeah, that's the one part that probably doesn't sit well with me. But I did hold it for as long as I could. And it was a bloody good story. Like, mm. it was a bloody good story. Yeah. So, Miller's favourite son returns. Massive, right? Like, it would have been huge. Um, but it wasn't because you got it, it wrong. But it, no, you didn't And I still, right. I still get Brisbane fans. Anytime I'll tweet anything, right? I could be like, West Coast preseason game against Port Adelaide this time. Yeah, but what about Lockie Neal? Like, still. And I'm like, I got nothing. I got nothing. Like, and then every now and then someone will jump in to defend me. I'll be like, yeah, but Lockie said he was thinking about it. And I was like, yeah, thanks, buddy. Mute, mute, thanks, buddy. mute. <laughs> Some um some journos uh, definitely get on the Twitter uh, burner accounts. What's yeah. your um burner account? <laughs> <laughs> I can honestly say I don't have a burner account. How many times have you thought about making one? Uh, no, honestly, never. Really? Well, I don't. I barely got time to run the one that I have. Well, what would you expect that he would uh, out of interest? Like, what would you do? Yeah, yeah, if if someone yes. just like re- gives you like a bit of grief, like reply, and then you could just log on to your own and reply I, to them, and say you're an asshole. I like you don't you're, have one. You're but balding I, or something. I reckon there's some that do. Mm. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I there's one in there's one in Perth that I reckon for sure has one because he tweets exactly the same in his burner. Interesting. Right. Mm. Interesting. No names. No. <laughs> source can't reveal my source. Okay. Yeah, no, I reckon they're out there, but mm. I don't have. To, I, I honestly don't have time for it. Like what, a, what about um? You did have a, a little fake tweet that was going around with Caleb Sarong coming to West Coast and yeah. Andrew Gaff going to Frio. Does that happen very that often, was, or is that, that just a one-off? So someone had photoshopped like my Twitter profile and, and made a tweet. tweet about a trade that Caleb Sarong wanted out. And blah, blah. I was like, someone sent it to me. I was like, I, I swear I didn't write that. <laughs> like, maybe it that looks was, like something I would write. Maybe that was a draft that you had. That they you worded it really well. Like it was like exactly how I would word it. I think the connection here to Backchat probably goes underrated a little bit. Last year we ran an April Fool's Day joke and That's I reached right. out to oh, Ryan yeah, yeah, and yeah. I said, can you can you just be involved with this? Yeah. But I was I was – I was I was actually mindful of the fact that I didn't want you to do something and people then not trust you because I realised you're probably one mistake or yeah. one fuck up or always or, you're always one away but, yep. and then no one will ever listen to you so yep. I didn't well I definitely didn't put any pressure on you I hope anyway no nah. I think you thought it was a good idea mm. and it bloody was that. 
that went good. nuts. People, because I, I, I put a wide scope out. We put a wide scope yeah. out. Yeah. We had Fox Footy going. Yeah, we had yeah, Channel yeah. 7. We had yeah. 6PR running it. We had. That nah, it was fun. That yeah. was good. We, we did, we did like, make sure that the next day when it came out, all like Ryan was in on it. Yeah, don't yeah, yeah, don't yeah. think he don't was like shoot the fooled by, <laughs> by it. So. There was about five minutes of blowback from a couple of people who are now muted. <laughs> Perfect. Great. What, what about the um, uh, AFL media in particular and then yeah. the relationship between um, clubs and media, maybe not specifically like personal relationships, but yeah. you sort of touched on it a little bit. There's a yeah. lot of closed fears, spheres. It's not an open source. Nah. You know, you want to go speak to a player, just talk to them. Or you, yeah. you want to talk to a club, you, you, you can't do it. Nah. You have to have, you know, what, what's your what's your views on it all? And, and if you don't like it or you do like it, what's, what's some improvements? To be know? honest, I, I don't like how it operates. And I think that's why it's caused me to operate in a different way now. Like I, I used to sort of, be there waiting for the food to come out, you know, like, and now I just kind of like, okay, well, training's going to be on, press is going to be on, but if you want actual stories, if you want access, you're going to have to go around about and do it a different way. Yeah. And it doesn't mean be sinister. It just means work on your contacts, um, make it more about the stories themselves rather than shooting the same training every day and shooting. Because you get, like, it's crazy, right? Like i got a lot of friends at West Coast and Frio, like uh, the media department's there, really good people in them, but they're really heavily restricted as to what they can do. Like I'll give you an example. Like I can ask for a player from Fremantle or West Coast. Let's say I want Elliot Yo or I want Caleb Sarong. Like it could take six months to get that. Mm. Like it could take – that's how long it can take because they have to go through all these hoops to get it and then some – oh, they don't want to do it because they're out of form or they're injured or um, they are, what are you going to ask them though? And then it's – like there's all these hoops you've got to get through. So at some point it doesn't feel like it's worth it. I, I think the ecosystem is a mess because I think you've got – You've got the players, you've got the clubs, you've got the AFL, you've got the media. None of it really works for anybody. No one's happy about how it works. The clubs kind of get grumpy at the media. The media's constantly grumpy because they don't get enough access. So then they start writing or yeah. putting out stories that are like yeah. they take a little bit and then just Maybe. go bang. Yeah, or you get locked out from training. So you go and put a camera outside the fence and you shoot training anyway. Yeah, yeah. Then the club gets annoyed. Then they ban you Which from stuff. Which is fair enough from both parties. Like the club should be annoyed but Correct. also the, like the journalists are trying to do their job. Correct. Yeah. And no one's really doing anything that wrong but it just doesn't really work. Mm. Like um, like the clubs will let us shoot the intra-clubs, right, but only the first quarter. Yes. And so my mind is like, why? Correct. Like why not just let us shoot the whole lot? What's the difference? Correct. Like you can't you can't give an accurate story then There's- because the next day you're doing a two-minute story on this intro club. Yes, we would do a two-minute story on an intro club. <laughs> but you've only got the first quarter of vision. Yes. So Oscar Allen takes the world's greatest hanger or, you know, Andy Brayshaw kicks the goal of the year from the pocket. Yeah. You can't run it. Like it's, it, it drives me mad but it comes from trust, um, nervousness about um, IP, like, you know, the, the way they want to play and all that sort of stuff. How would you like, fix mm. it then? Is it fixable? Or how, how, what? I don't are think it's NBA, nah. big NBA fans. They yeah. do it differently. I don't think NFL it is fixable. I don't think it is fixable. Do you, how um, do you think it's changed from when you first started covering AFL in terms of the amount of coverage? It that hasn't. You get? It yeah. hasn't. That's the problem. Like it's exactly the same access. Mm. You get a, maybe you get a player a week, you get the coach every week, you get a bit of training. That's it, right? The coach, one thing I'm always adamant about is we should hear from more people. We hear from Simo, like he'll do his and JL, they'll do their presses on seven – or not presses, they'll do an interview with me on a Monday and a Tuesday night here in Perth yep. live. Um, and then they'll do a weekly presser with all the media. Then they'll usually on Fox or seven, they'll do a pre-game chat. Then they'll do the post-game presser. 
that's like, what, four, five times you've heard from the coach. Yeah. But you never really hear from the footy manager. You never really hear from the CEO. You never hear from the list manager. You never hear from the head trainer. Mm. Like, we need more voices. Like, they get sick of talking about the same crap. We'll put different people up. Like, mm. I don't know. I, I understand everyone's hands are kind of tied, and that's why I said I don't think it's fixable, Yeah. which is why I've kind of gone the other way and just gone, right, I'll just do my own thing over here, Yeah. and every now and then I'll dip back into that club space and go, hey, can I speak to this player? No, no worries. I'll go do something else. I, I like, kind of think we operate in that sort of sphere. Like, we we have current players on, we have yeah. current journos on, we have past players, we kind of – you know, it's a good thing about being independent because yeah. like, I have thought about this a lot is, you know, because as a, as a player I used to get frustrated with almost the lack of ability as a player to do stuff. Like I was a player that liked doing media yeah. and I would say to our media managers, and you're right, their hands are tied, but I would say to a Stocksy or someone else at the club, put me up, like yeah. big issue, put me up, I'll speak about it. Yeah. Like I, I back myself to be able to – uh, not talk around an issue, but if there's something you want to protect and you don't want to give up someone's injured or something big's happened and you don't, you're scared that it's going to be pulled into something else, I'll back myself in. Yeah. But not a lot of players are like that. No. So there's restrictions from a player's point of view as well. Like, and again, not, you know, pointing him out, but like Jamie Cripps, great mate of mine, hates doing media. Yeah. He's got better and better, but like he's a great example. It's just like he's just not no, – Doesn't want to do it. Doesn't want to do yeah, it. He doesn't fair. want to speak. And so you're not going to get a Jamie Cripps speaking on it. But I think – I think it's I think it's a trust thing. I think because of the way it is, it's caused media outlets to um, rip stuff apart without context. Yep. Um, so that's that'll burn trust. And so ideally, if you can create systems or products or platforms where you can have things shown in context, that that is a big fix for mine. Mm. But whether or not you can do that yeah. logistically, yeah, uh, we can do that because we don't have a time. No. Um, but you can't. You've got to. I don't know how long you. Yeah, how how run long for. do you get for an in, like? If you get a player for an interview, how long are you allowed to run that for on seven? Oh, the max would be maybe three minutes. Yeah. Max it has to be a pretty good interview. Mm. Um, I've had longer ones. Like there's been, <laughs> we had Nick Nat driving an Uber once. It ran eight <laughs> minutes. Eight <Great>. minutes. <laughs> Uber longest pay for that. piece of TV news. I reckon the Queen's package of when she died didn't get longer than that. Nick that job in Mate, it was so much fun. You wouldn't believe how much fun that was. He was a champ too about it, Nick. He was so good about it. While we're on, Nick, let's talk about you playing one-on-one yeah, -on -one with him because, look, <laughs> I, I, I like you, Ryan. You're, yeah. you're, you're a nice guy. I like um, Thanks. I feel like you're about to drop a hammer. No, 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 no. But that video, and I, I understand you didn't direct it. I'm sure it wasn't no. all your idea. It was one of the cringier things <laughs> I've seen. You and Nick Nat playing one-on-one -on -one at some yeah. park. Yeah, um, Lawley, the park. Do you remember your one line from the from the ad? I don't. I can show it to you, mate. I'm just pulling oh, it up it? right now. Yeah. Okay. Good. Absolutely, we do. Just it's for the people who haven't seen the, it. Um, all time. Uh, we got some ads on. YouTube ad. Always cop that. Yep. I'll give you a look at it, and you can do, give YouTube, us a live, live reaction. Oh yeah, it's the Jeez. one. I'll try and put a uh, a mic to this for you, Damo. Okay. <laughs> Jump shot. Okay. 31 this year, mate. How's the body holding? Oh, ball conversations. <laughs> How's the body That's holding? That's a skyhook. No, because they, they were like. So the people a... who are just listening to this, okay. that is a one on one in a park. Nick Nananui V, Ryan Daniels, big basketball fan, as you've said. Yeah, played my whole life. And you, <laughs> you're like posterizing him and you're like doing hooks, like rainbow hooks. Like, what is going on? The, ba the Magic Johnson baby hook. So, what I will uh, say is. 31, mate. Body yeah. holding up so right? that I say to our promo guys every time, I am not an actor, right? 
don't make me act. And yet every promo we do, I'm acting in some way, whether it be like I've got to pretend to open a Christmas present and shake it or I've got to like deliver this one line to like, you know, Nick Nat. Like, and it's so cringy. Like I would never, like as if you're going to ask that during a pickup game no. for starters. <laughs> like that's a body hooked up. Like, I was like, oh, it's They're the so conversations bad. you want to be around though. And I'd love to see the Let me say, outtakes. our promo team is fantastic, yes. but I reckon they do this shit to just take the piss with me sometimes. <laughs> I would love to see the real There outtakes, are outtakes. Now, sure. I made sure that before it left our server, I saved it because they've made it look like Nick just tortures me, right? I've got that one fluent jump shot that you see, great release. Yeah. But other than a bit that, too close to your face. A little bit, yeah, yeah. But you remember, he's seven foot. Like, so I'm like trying to avoid getting blocked, <laughs> which he did block me a couple of times. I'll give him that. But there were multiple moves which worked. Crossed him over a couple of times, <laughs> got to the hoop. Like, great hey, finishes. If you ever want to Stripped him. If you ever want a platform to release those, you know where to okay, come. Okay, well, let's just say I won't release it, but maybe you'll end up we'll with it. We'll protect our yep. source. Who That's knows? Right. I don't know. Can I we- just clipped about 25 seconds worth of Ryan um, positive highlights. <laughs> it's your mixtape. I've ignored the times where he blocked the absolute living daylights out of me and the ball actually went on to Beaufort Street. Um, but other than that. It's a commonly known um, fact, a thought fact, Nick, that's not very good at basketball. He's tall. But the perception he loves is, basketball. Yeah, the perception he, is he's good because he dunked at the Wildcats and got in the shit. He got in trouble. Jeez, well, that was mate, a funny well, That was my funny. biggest fear during that because it was preseason. He's literally coming off like injuries <laughs> and he's like playing basketball. I'm like, don't injure him. Don't injure him. So I went easy on him too. Like, because I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> that of meeting that Nick Nat got done for that, I swear to God. I think it was Simo. I think it was 2014. He jumped over. It might, him. Have, been, it might have been Wusha. I can't remember. They played it. And all the boys are up in their seats, <laughs> fucking giving it to it, and like absolutely give it, and then put it off silence. It must have been Wusha. And it was like, Nick, what do you think about that, mate? And everyone's still cheering and <laughs> slapping him on the, the back and pulling his dreadlocks. Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, pretty good. Like, pretty good. What happens if you fall and break your leg, mate? Like just absolutely <laughs> rip shreds off him. If anyone else wants to think about doing this, think twice. As if anyone else in there could jump over and do yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I yeah. drive my motor- motorbike <laughs> yeah. across the stadium. Um, Wait, one one more bit of footage yeah. that I would like you to potentially supply us oh, with. Yeah. Oh, no, a source. A, a source? Someone. Oh, someone. 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 Um, Scoey and I spent way too long trying to find it because of, and yes. you might be a bear seen bears sort of thing where you've misremembered something. No, but I haven't misremembered okay. it. He'll remember. You speaking to JL on a live cross and he doesn't know, he can't hear you or something and if flicks, the camera flicks to you and you're like oh, waiting for him. Long, yes. So not, not Langer, Longmuir. Just Longmuir. This happened, you confused right? me. Yeah, it definitely happened. <laughs> this happened. And it was like it was going so back and bad. forth. Between, and then you were like, okay, I've got to move on here. So, and then JL – Audio was still running and then yeah. you were like, oh, fuck, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I was like, oh, we're in this now. So what happened was- Thank um, God, it happened. Yeah. I'm just trying to remember the exact details. So our cameras are automated, right? So there's no cameraman standing behind them. They're just like, they're robots essentially. Yes. And the, the commands get put in by our directors beforehand. So they have to put these special commands that says like, this command will make the, the camera move this way yep. and it'll go this way. And then it'll run this story. Yes. So it's all command based. So someone's put in the wrong command. So when it pops up and it's supposed to be JL off the top, instead what happened is some other story started running in the background or something and JL couldn't hear me because his mic wasn't up because the other story was supposed to be running and then we've come, like we finally got it 
This is live on air, yeah, by the way. Live this is on air. This is live. We finally got him, and I go, Oh, we appear to be. And then the story runs. So it cuts him <laughs> off altogether. And then I give up. And then, like, eight seconds into the story, the story stops. And then he's, like, not listening anymore. And you'll it see was that. A shit show. And I will say, like, because, like, JL likes to pre record stuff, and I do too. So typically, what we'll do is I'll go in there at five o'clock and we'll pre record it. It is live. We don't change anything, yes. but it's just because it suits him because he can get home and see his kids. Early. He doesn't so I'm want like, to sit around waiting for the Correct. I'm like, mate, whatever's minutes. easier for you. It doesn't yeah. bother yeah. me. So we do our record. This was the one time <laughs> the whole of the year that we did it live live. Never again. And I was like, <laughs> never again. And he said to me, he goes, we're never doing it live again. And I was like, nah, that was a disaster. Oh, but he's great. such a good fella, Jay. Like, honestly, like he took it so well and he's like. He's a good man. He's doing good things out at Fremont yeah, as well. Yeah, he's doing really good things. So um, you can supply us with that if you've got it somewhere on a server. I should be able to find it somewhere. Okay. Yeah, or, yeah. Some, or, or, or something, somebody else. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got a couple more questions. A bit bigger picture stuff for you. You know, you've worked You've worked on you worked on the Olympics. Yep, yep, Tokyo. Yep, um, like cr- cricket. Like Yep, um, com games, a couple like of com games. Grand finals. Yep, heaps. Like what sort of – you have a big memory of, oh, geez, like that was just – an epic. Like I can't believe I got to work um, on that. The Olympics was really cool. Like grand finals are great. Yeah. Um, they all kind of blend in yeah. after a while. You're like, which one was that? The one 18 one does stand out because it was a local team winning. Yes. Um, and the access that we had. I remember that day, like we were in the rooms, my cameraman Rabi, who's like, he's literally like 70, right? This guy's been in camo for 50 years. He has done everything. And he's he looks like he's 50. He's in amazing shape, big Austrian dude, and one of the world's best blokes. And we always do grand finals together. So he's in there and he's a bit keen, Robbie. Like, so he'll just go, right? He's he, he's seen everything and he's like, nah, I'm in. So I've, we're, we're not kind of not supposed to be in the rooms. We've sort of jagged our way in there somehow. Like we're in the corner. I'm like, mate, just take it easy because I don't think we're supposed to be in here, you know. Stand back, you know, relax a bit. And he's like, yeah, 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 no worries. So you guys have all come in with the cup. Yeah. And Robbie's just gone like, fuck it. And he's just gone straight into the middle Did of the he? song and he's just like in all your faces. And I'm like, ah, that's ah well, the bets are off at this point. And it was so, you would remember, so packed in that change room. Crazy. Literally body to body. And I'm just like surfing through the crowd going, oh, Dom Sheet, like bang, interview. Oh, Luke Shuey, Norm Smith, oh, bang. I might have got you at one point. Go, oh, I was just that. thinking, I don't think you got me. I reckon I got 18 players, so I must have got you. Okay, and it was like, it was chaos. So that was really cool. But the Olympics stands out. Like, so the we go to an Olympics, it's tough, right, for working-wise. They don't send big teams. In Tokyo, it was like 40 degrees every day and humid as hell. You were dead by the end of the day. Like, and COVID, right? Tokyo. And COVID. Yeah. So you're navigating all the COVID stuff. You couldn't leave your hotel room for more than 20 minutes a day. I'll get to that in a minute. But, like, actually, I'll tell it now. So you had – I was at a hotel near the airport. You weren't allowed to leave your hotel unless you were going to the venue. So I was doing hockey – rowing, bunch of stuff. Mm. So you could go there and you come back. That's it. Nothing else. No restaurants, nothing. Same car every day, same driver. That was it. Anyway, you could have 20 minutes. They picked a convenience store within walking distance at every hotel. Mine was this little one in the airport of all places. It's about a five-minute walk away. So what you would do is you'd go downstairs and they'd take your name and your room number and they'd hit a clock, right, a little countdown clock for you, <laughs> 20 <laughs> minutes. It would literally start ticking. You had to run to this convenience store Grab as much shit as you could, right? Whatever you wanted. And this had to last you the whole day. And this is a convenience store, right? And it's like fried chicken, like jerky, and a <laughs> bunch of beer and stuff. That's literally all they had. So you're just grabbing all this terrible food. Like you didn't know what was in half of it because it's written in Japanese. And the place is packed like because it's an airport. And you're just trying to get – and then you're running back. You literally had to run back because if you got back after the 20 minutes, you got one warning. The second time you were on a plane. Who's enforcing wow. that? Police? Got, the, or is the I'm hotel? The hotel, the government. 
Because it was government shit. officials sitting at the thing. So the uh, people got sent home. Like dudes in my hotel, American dudes, got literally sent home. Wow. So I, I came within 10 seconds of breaking it once because it was such a big queue at the, um, the, at the store. store. I had to leave my shit. I didn't even end up with it. <laughs> 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 it was That's the bit. You've just lined it up for 20 minutes, yeah. can't go out again. And you're dead. Like you've got, you got nothing in the room because you can't go anywhere. So you just, <sighs> I just starved that night. Gee. And that's tough. But, the Olympics, but like, yeah. the highlight, I got switched on to basketball in the second week because I'm all week of the producers. I'm like, guys, I love basketball. I know basketball. You put me, like, I don't know anything about rowing. You put me on basketball, I'm going to be full bottle on it. So eventually, after me like annoying the hell out of him for a week, finally I get some basketball, air-conditioned stadium, yes. no one else in there. The dream team's in there playing, well, you know, the US team. Yep. Huh. And I'm interviewing Kevin Durant and Draymond and Bam and Tatum. Like, Bullshit. I'm in my element. Like, just me and KD, like, <laughs> chatting away. And they're the nicest dudes ever. Like, Draymond's The Aussie bloke like, as well, right? They're like they, – they, they, they like the Aussie accent. They like, did. Yeah. Like, there was a novelty for them. And it's chaos because, like, the first – you get these little zones where you're allowed to interview. The first one's NBC because they're massive. They're Americans. Mm. Then BBC. And then Seven gets a pretty good, like third or fourth. Mm. Um, and so you have to fight with them for the interview. So they're like, they get KD. And then you got to fight with the BBC guy. You're like, KD, KD. Like, and he's coming over. It was so cool. Like, I'm not enough you with footy players because like, I've interviewed so many now. I don't, like, none of them really, there's no aura. Yes. Um, but that was an aura. Like, KD was an aura, man. Like, this dude's like seven foot two and yeah, like huge. just awesome in every single way. That was uh, cool. Yeah, that that is cool. Um, That's a highlight. Yeah, that is. I, um, I, I think I'm. I think I want to finish on that. You want yeah, no, to, that's good. That, that that yeah, that is cool. I was wondering what that what that was like. We I've did, got a, I've got a couple about um, breaking stories and, and stuff. But we did want to talk. Um, I know I said JL before, and you were thinking Justin Langer. Oh, yeah, we sh- should we save that for Patreon, or do you want to? Let's save that for Patreon. Our, our, our VIPs, I think, deserve a bit of a chat. So okay. it's just a select group of people, okay. our, our lovely patrons, because Justin Langer was on the podcast. Oh, yeah, I caught that one. Yes. <laughs> and then Just a little bit of a ripple caused by that one. You also interviewed him not long after the podcast. So I think we should just break that down a little bit for our okay. VIPs after this. Okay. Yep. Uh, we're at the segment part of the show where this is what everyone's here for, to be really honest, social okay. media. Not social media. You social. might have misheard. Social media. Sure. I'm sure you know about it. Um, gets talked about in the annals of uh, yeah. the West and Seven, I'm sure, all the time. Well, anyone talks about This it. is where the people get to ask you the questions. You've heard enough from Dan and I. Okay. This is from the people. You may or may not know some of these guys. Shoot. Dan, first up. Desegli would love social media with the pun, oh, yeah, by correct. the way. He does like a pun. Um, okay, this is first from uh, Josh Gallup. <laughs> why do why do bad things happen to good people? <laughs> Josh is fantastic, isn't he? Yeah. Like, friend of the family, Josh. You know, like I worked with him where he was at Fox for years, right, as a sports journo. Yes. Mm. And I had no idea he was funny. Like <laughs> he was there for like five years. And I remember when he finally started doing videos, I was like, man, I didn't know you had jokes. Like I don't think I heard him tell a joke the entire time I knew him. And now he's just like hilarious. That's what makes him funny. Yeah. That's what makes him Correct. funny. Correct. He's yeah. not actually that funny. Uh, Thumpalicious. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Steve give, us your, uh, give us your NBA dynasty fantasy achievements. Oh, Hashtag to. point God. We've had a keeper league for 11 years, 12 wow. years. Four titles for me. Wow. Four runner-ups. And now I'm tanking for Wemby. Um, but <laughs> yeah. and I, I can say that, like, that is my fantasy sports. Like, I'm so far into it and I'm really good at it. Like, wow. If I could make more money out of that, I would do, do that. Do you play fantasy footy? Yep. Very good at that. 
I like that. All right. Not AFL fantasy so much. I'm better in like keeper leagues and stuff like okay. that. Okay. Yep. Good. But I love it. Okay. You know, we, we share that, right? I absolutely could not yeah, love fantasy love anymore. Yeah. Couldn't love it anymore. Yeah. I'm like already doing prep. I've been doing prep for a month. <laughs> the season coming up. That's like, I'm yeah. like Googling James Rowbottom at like 2 a.m. That's that's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> you know that the kid at GWS has supplemented his water for milk? Yeah, I saw that. Jason Gilby. Gilby? Yeah. I don't know what's happening now. I wouldn't be putting him on my dream team though. No. He's, he's out. Heavy. That's what you're ruling lines for him. milk. <laughs> he's out. Um, Sweating milk. Matty Steno. Uh, how is the Benny Cameron v Rhino Stoush <laughs> progressing? Would you would you win in a hypothetical street fight vi- uh, versus your ABC counterpart? So for people that don't know what I'm talking about here, <laughs> just explain Ben Cameron, ABC, great yeah. journalist. Yeah, great call. What's going on yeah. on social media? What's happening? We had a we had like I wouldn't even call it a beef. I feel I, like I was involved I, in one of these. Yeah, you got involved at some point. Yeah. No, I think there was a couple of things that I tweeted that Benny maybe disagreed with, like about the relevance of them. Yeah. Something to do with Lloyd Meek. One was to do with fantasy. One I was think Lloyd it was Meek. Lloyd Meek fantasy related mm. and Benny was like, well, that why is that relevant or something? And then it turned into a bit of a pile on. <laughs> I, I, let me say, I like Benny a lot. Like when he was starting out, like I was sort of, I'd been around for five or six years and I remember saying to lots of people, this kid, he's going to be okay. Like yeah. he, he's he got his head on his shoulders, nice kid, like, and he's done really well. I don't have any beef with Ben. And when I see him, we, we always chat and we – well, like, I've had I've had to cull multiple social medias about the fights between you and Ben Cameron on social media. It's not real. all right. We're it's f- an interesting point fine. of view from you because I used to work with Ben. You yeah. know, I worked alongside him for two, yeah. three years. Um, had horrible things to say about you <laughs> in the office. You just try to stoke the fire. <laughs> That's very good. Dan. Maybe we need to sell it on pay-per-view or something. I think maybe we just need to ramp I, it up look, a little bit. I, I've never been in a fight in my life, but I'm from Thornley, which, I mean, mm. it's, Are you? it's a rough area. Thornley. Yeah, Southern yeah. Riverbound. Southern Riverbound, mate. From the hood, man. Holy yeah. shit. So I can throw down if I need to. I've right. just never done it. So Lake, you're saying, Lake to is, answer the question, who's yeah. winning the hypothetical straight fight? Well, where yeah. did Benny grow up? I'm not sure. Do you know? Not Thornley. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever visit the Lakers Tav during fight yeah. night? Not well, no, not fight night. Friday walk, night, you don't walk out of there. Fr- do you? Friday night, fight night is is. The, we went to the Thornley Tavern to watch Southern Riverbound. You went fight. to the Thornley Tavern. Oh yeah, mate. Yeah. I mean, Holy hell! I we're there for about four hours. Bit, one of the be- better taverns I've ever yeah, been. Yeah, really? They say Friday night, fight night is wow. a thing. Everyone just goes there and fights each other. Mate, Thornley Tavern is a real thing. I can't believe it's still standing. The underscore Johnson underscore CEO. Yep. Uh, I just want to hear his best. Ryan Daniels Seven News. <laughs> <laughs> what the, I don't have the Jeff Barry. But do do um, you change your voice? Nah, I don't think so. Don't I, I have a, some people say I have a TV voice. Give it to us. Okay, I'll, I'll turn to mom in the booth. Ryan Daniels, Seven News. <laughs> yeah, mate, that's it. That's <laughs> it. You didn't speak like that for the last hour. No, I, have, I definitely have a TV voice. I was sitting with Xavier Ellis once because, like, we do the podcast, and then he had to come on and do. He did this panel show that we had. You, you came on the Flashpoint thing. Yes. And um, when rating, I started, I that, yeah. it was. And mm. I started introducing. The show, and he's just like, "What the hell?" <laughs> he's like, "Who's that?" Like, <laughs> different TV voice. Will Schofield yeah. here on Back Chat. <laughs> um, you've got a much better uh, on-air voice than me, Tappy ninety-five. How do you like your eggs cooked? Scrambled usually. I, I'm I'm okay with any, but yeah, scrambled. Cool. Phil Fogolini. Have you ever seen Dom Sheed and Carl Barron in the same room? Or Paul Kelly. I always see Paul Kelly kind of looks like yep. Carl Barron too. Fair. Someone throw the three of them in there. Fair. They, no, are, I are they the same person? Could be. Yeah, okay. Thank Pretty you. talented person. Tim, Tim, J. <laughs> <laughs> Tim J. Woods, 27. Do you like dim sims? 
Nah. No, Don't my, you? my uncle used to call them mystery bags. <laughs> and I've <laughs> never good. been able to get over that. My daughter eats them though. And I'm like, they're mystery bags. And she's like, they're really good. No surprise, your daughter. Loves Smart it. girl. Loves because it. I love Dim yeah. Sim's always Loves delicious. Dim Sim. I always order. Maybe I've got to give them more chance. No, they're very good. Mystery bag. Do you call it a potato cake? Because you don't know a, what's in them, right? Or whatever else you call it. Scallop. A pota- no, what are they called? Yes. Potato scallop. Do you call it a scallop? I don't call them. I'm, a hash brown? I don't know. <sighs> Different thing. J yeah. Manley 444. Um, <laughs> ask him if it's true. His mum's name is Sue and his dad's name is Rick. <laughs> true, no. <laughs> Maureen? Mum's name when, Maureen? When does Sue and Rick hang it up? Never. They were Do you know they're actually not real at this point? They're actually holograms. <laughs> no. Look, I can tell you, like, sitting there now, and now I get to do it every night, it's actually the coolest thing. Like, I still get a little bit of a flutter. Like, it's Rick and Sue, man. Like, I was yeah. a kid watching. They, they started reading together, like, 30 – like, I was born that year. Yes. Like, that's how long Rick and Sue have been doing this. Don't they have, the, like, the world record? World for, record. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, it's like Longest news duo. Eight years or something That is crazy. So I'm like – and I worked out, like, there haven't been that many full-time sports readers to actually read with them. Like, Dennis did it. Um, Neil Brooks did it. Uh, Baz obviously did it. And I've done it. I, there might be one more, but it's pretty cool. Like, mm. it's a pretty rare spot. And I, I'd pinch myself. They're icons. Absolute yeah. icons. Yeah, Speaking cool. before about, like – People not leaving jobs and not getting yeah. opportunities. Yeah. Imagine the amount of Channel Seven yeah. like news readers that have gone through. Like I'm gonna, I'm I'll gonna get this. Soon. I'm gonna get I'll this big one. Day, like thirty years later, Tell you in fifty years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the last one. You've done well today, mate. Chihuahua biscuit chili. <laughs> Such a good name. Based on your uh, on your awesome articles, are you a hardcore cinephile? Uh, I had yeah. to look up what Cinephile was, by the way. Love movies. Yes. Like watches a lot of yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah, I think so. Like less now because I've got two young kids. So, like, you know, it's like you might get an hour of TV to yourself, like, <laughs> once every now and then if yes. you're lucky. Um, but, no, I do. I really do love movies. And I like in weaving it into stuff, like, if you can, particularly in the columns because, I don't know, like, I feel like if we do the same thing all the time, it can get pretty boring in terms of the way you cover footy. So try and throw some personality in there and movies are great. Yeah. yeah. One more yeah. question. Sorry. Oh. Do you um, – because journos don't ever get to. Do you ever get to write your own headlines? Because they're usually punny. Nah, never. Nah. Um, I just give them the column. Hopefully they don't change too much. Yep. They do the headline. No, normally the headline of, of, a, of an opinion piece is pretty straightforward. Yes. I haven't had any where I'm like, oh, guys, come on. Like you, you're sinking me here. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, nah, no, nah, don't actually, unfortunately. But I, I wouldn't mind it. It seems like a pretty fun gig. Mm. Yeah. That's it, Ryan That's Daniels. It? Back chat. Done that was easy. If you're not following us already, Ryan, which I know you will be, backchat double underscore on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter, wherever you need to find us. Find it all at backchatpodcast.com.au. You can send us an email about everything Ryan's been talking about. Hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. Thanks to our supporters, our partners, Whippersnapper, Shelter, Margaret River Roasting, Leadable Cameras, as well as... Come on, Blue in, yeah. Bluebet, you got it. <laughs> Bluebet VIP codes over at Patreon <laughs> and... We're going to break down the Justin Langer interview. Thank you very much, mate. No worries. Pleasure to be here. You guys are doing great things. Keep going. Yeah. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.